0: On this episode of the Nonstop BS Podcast, Aaron Rodgers is officially a New York Jet as we take a look at the winning side or sides of that trade um, and the implications of it heading into the draft. Then we dive into our first division in the NFC with the NFC West and take a look at each team's draft needs heading into the draft this this coming Thursday. All that and more on this edition of Nonstop BS. Are you sick and tired of listening to the legacy media speak repetitively on the same team's topics, ideas, themes, and players every day? Nonstop BS is a podcast that will give you topics and thoughts about the NFL, NBA, college sports, NASCAR, and others with a deeper vision into why things happen the way they do around the world of sports. There are so many lazy takes from all your favorite media personalities that frustrate you and me every day when we turn on our television or phone. Whether it has to do with politics and sports, promoting big brands, and ridding topics of context... Just to sway the listener's opinion. I, for one, am sick and tired of this type of sports media, and that's why I'm bringing you Nonstop BS. Nonstop BS will dig deep into the why things happen in our favorite sports leagues, creating interesting conversation along with making me and you a smarter, more insightful, broad thinking sports fan. Not to mention, I will give you betting picks for multiple leagues using our new way of thinking about the world of sports and having a little bit of fun with it, along with maybe putting some money in our wallets. So, if this sounds like something you've been craving when tirelessly listening to people shout at you about how wrong you are from all of your favorite sports media outlets, then make sure you tune in with me, Colin Chad, and take the journey of these fantastic seasons we are gifted to enjoy for entertainment with me on Nonstop BS. Welcome to Draft Week. Welcome to another episode of Nonstop BS. My name is Cole Lynchide. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we are going to be getting into the NFC West today um, and going over each team, just as we did last week with the AFC, going over each team's needs heading into the draft and kind of giving a rundown of their roster so that you're ready and understand each of these teams in a in-depth uh, situation um, heading into the watching the draft on Thursday. Super excited about the draft. I know you all are, obviously, as well. Um, But we do have some breaking news in the NFL today, um, here on Monday that happened, and we definitely need to talk about it, so we will start the episode off with that. These are going to be some quicker episodes in the NFC. I'm going to give you guys four quick episodes here to begin the week, and then a mock draft episode as promised on Wednesday. Before we dive into the news, if you're not following the show on Twitter, follow me at nonstopbspod, Follow, follow my personal account at lynchidecole, and then you can also follow me to follow my... Um, follow along with my bets um, on the Action app at uh, Cole underscore Lynchhead. Okay, so it's finally happened. Aaron Rodgers has officially been traded to the New York Jets. I'm sure mostly everybody has heard about it by now. Um, and, yeah, not too shocking. A little bit shocked that they waited this long and then, and then then and then did get it done before the draft. It seemed like it wasn't going to get done until after the draft, but it makes a lot of sense. For it to get done before the draft, I just would have thought it would have happened quicker. So, interesting how these things happen. They never seem to be, um, they, they always seem to be unique, I guess. And, and you never can really um, assess when when exactly a trade is going to take place, which is what makes it fun. But anyways, diving into the trade. The Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, the 15th overall pick in this year's draft, and the 170th, in which is a 5th round pick, in this year's draft. Um, to the Jets, and they receive the 13th overall pick in in this year's draft, the 42nd second-round pick, 42nd overall in this year's draft, and then a 6th-round pick, 207th overall in this year's draft, along with a 2024 conditional second-round pick. So basically what this is is a first-round swap of two picks. They move up two picks in this year's first round. They acquire a second-round pick, 42nd overall, and then they moved down 37 spots from the 5th round to the 6th round, along with acquiring a 2nd round pick at this point in 2024. Um, The conditional 2nd round pick next year becomes a 1st round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the offensive snaps for the Jets in 2023. So most likely, it will be a 1st round pick next year. This trade makes a lot of sense for both sides. I think that they... Because this trade took so long, it seems as though they worked out a trade that honestly worked and was pretty much completely fair, which doesn't seem to usually happen. But at this point, before we see what actually happens with Aaron Rodgers in in, in the in the New York Jets um, organization this year and see how it, how it turns out, it seems to be a pretty fair trade for both t- both sides. The Jets get a two-time um, in the last three years, two of the last three years. Uh, two-time MVP um, at a position that they have struggled for so long, and they have a, a roster that is ready to pop, ready to break out. Um, and they get they get a superstar quarterback, the end of his career, to bring in and, and really figure out what this roster is capable of. They, like I said, moved down two spots in the first round. Still get their keep their first round pick this year, which was super important to the Jets, and it makes a lot of sense. They want to be able to acquire at least one more major asset. Um, to fill a hole, which, I mean, I have a pretty good idea of what it could be. Um, but anyways, they want to, but regardless, they want to fill one more hole on their roster with that first pick, of, a, and they probably have some players in mind um, to really complete this roster. It makes a lot of sense. And the Packers, on the other hand, move up a couple spots. Um, they get a second, they get two second-round picks now in, the dra- in this year's draft, and then they acquire what most likely will be a first-round pick next year as well. They got a pretty good amount of value for a quarterback that's entering his age 39 season that didn't want to be there anymore, and they still have their um, first-round pick four years ago, Jordan Love, on the roster. They have their quarterback already, so now they have a ton of assets to be able to um, you know, fill a roster that, that needs some help on offense especially um, to, fi- to fill a roster around their young quarterback. It makes a lot of sense for both sides. I, I, th- I think at this point, looking at the trade for what it is, I wouldn't say there's a clear winner or a clear loser. I think that it makes a ton of sense for both sides. Now we're gonna get into the Packers here later on in in a couple days when I release the NFC North episode on what the implications are and what who they most likely I think will be looking at. And then we're also gonna have a mock draft, obviously, that I'm gonna do here on Thursday um morning give to you guys that uh that I'll be able to, you know, go over the jets and, and, and kinda of tell you where I'm thinking they're gonna go in that position, but I really think adding another weapon is going to be a key, and I think that's one of the key things that the Jets want to do with that fifteenth overall pick. They traded Elijah Moore, um, and, and they 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 did bring in um, Alan Lazard, obviously, at the wide receiver position. But I still think, like I said, finding that tandem player to go alongside of Garrett Wilson is something that Aaron Rodgers has never had. Two superstar wide receivers. He, he the Jets have a lot of depth at wide receiver. But two superstar wide receivers to go along with Brees Hall and a really good young offensive line, you know, it could be an offensive lineman, but I really think it's to add another weapon to this offense. And if they had another weapon to this offense, if they're able to add a Jackson Smith and Jigba to go alongside of Garrett Wilson, this could be a really, really fun team to watch in New York. So... Super exciting, and we'll get into the implications even more later on, but those are the that's my idea. Those are my ideas of what I think is going on here and why it was so important for the Jets to keep that 15th overall pick. But then again, you know the, the Packers move ahead of them, and the Packers also, I think that's a player that they're very likely to be looking at um, in Jackson, Smith, and Jig, but to find somebody to pair up with Christian Watson um, for Jordan Love. So going to be super interesting to see who these teams draft, and we'll go over that more here in the coming days. But let's dive into the NFC West. Like I said, these are going to be kind of some quicker episodes as I'm trying to get through the NFC here completely before the draft. So, let's start it right off with the Arizona Cardinals. Oh boy, <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals have uh, one first-round pick. They have the third overall pick in this year's draft. They have the 34th overall pick in the second round, and then two third-round picks in the 66th and a conditional, um, or and a conditional. and and the 96th overall pick, which is a compensatory uh, pick. I mean, there's so many needs on this Cardinals roster. This is not a unique opinion to me, but if you ask me, this is the weakest roster all around in the NFL. Um, The only one that's even honestly competing with it (laughs) for being an all-around weak roster uh, is in in the division, a team that we will talk about here in a a few minutes. But, um, I mean, it's one of the weakest rosters in the NFL. The team is completely rebuilding. The offensive line is still in pretty good shape, but it's aging really, really quickly. And if they want to rebuild a team and, and, and give Kyler Murray uh, a really good foundation, I think that that is a position that is always worth investing in as early as you can. Um, and with a team with so many holes, you really want to start with the positions that are the most important first and build from the ground up. And that is the offensive and defensive line, obviously. They have their quarterback building the offensive and defensive line is going to be a major thing that they're going to try to do, I think, in this draft. So I think that's a major reason also why there's been so many talks about them trading down from the third overall pick as there's not really any offensive linemen that are, um, you know, the top five to ten players in the draft. Most people do not have an offensive lineman in those players on their boards from what we're hearing. So it makes a lot of sense they'd want to trade down, and I think offensive line is going to be a position that I could see them going with the, in, with their first-round pick. Draining down, acquiring more picks makes a lot of sense to a team that wants a quarterback. Um, yeah, center. I mean, center is a massive hole. The whole inside of their offensive line. Um, they, they, you know, they have a few good. They still have Justin Pugh, and he's played pretty good for them. But I, I think that still, like I said, you know, Josh Jones, he struggled for a lot of his early um, career, heading into his fourth year, third round pick in 2020 for them. And then at center, they have a couple players. Um, a six-round pick last year in Lakita Smith, and then Jalte Frotholt, um, a guy that they acquired from the Browns, who has not started very many games. They they really need to find a center in this draft as well. That's going to be um, another thing that I think maybe not in the first round, but somewhere they'll try to acquire a center, probably with one of their uh, second or third-round picks. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense, as there's um, quite a few you know utility guard, interior offensive linemen that are. Um, supposed to go in the early to mid second round. So, would not be surprised to see them try to pick up one of them. Um, you know, other holes on the offense. I mean, the offense overall, wide receiver, they're still decent at. We don't know what's going to happen with Hopkins. There's been a lot of rumors that he's going to be traded. They still have Marquise Brown, who should be healthy this year. And then Rondell Moore is a guy who they're really hoping takes another step forward. Um, second round pick in 2021, who's shown sparks of being really, really good, but has not really been able to. You know solidify a role even with all the injuries they've had at the receiver position, not really been able to solidify a role as one of the top two guys. So we'll see if he takes a step forward. But receiver's not their weakest position, James Conner's still their running back. Um, so and then they have uh, Keontae Ingram, who they drafted last year, who they like, they seem to like. So um, I don't think running back's too important for them this year. And then at the tight end, they drafted Trey McBride last year, they still have Zach Ertz. So you know, the skill positions are not a major key need in this draft. I think building like I said, from the offensive line back is going to be probably where they end up going. The defense, on the other hand, is completely barren. Um, (laughs) You know, they could go anywhere. They could go defensive line anywhere along it. Interior, edge, they've pretty much lost all of their key players. Um, A lot of really young players are supposed to start. Mijai Sanders, who they drafted in the third round last year. Uh, Rashard Lawrence, a guy who they've had for a while, is going to be their defensive tackle, their three technique. Um, Lakey Fotu is their nose tackle. You know, a lot of guys that are entering the last year, their rookie deals, the, these two defensive tackles I just said, and then Jonathan Ledbetter, you know, LJ coyer a guy they acquired from the Seahawks, Carlos Watkins, a guy they acquired from the, De- the Cowboys. You know, just a lot of one-year contract guys, um, guys that they bring in basically to be, To compete for jobs, to see what they have, you know. So I I think adding, like I said, competition, depth, adding the best player available, honestly, with any of their draft picks at any of these positions make a lot of sense. Linebacker, they're unusually strong at. Xavier Collins had a good year last year um, in his second year in the NFL, and then they brought in in free agency Kazir White from the Eagles, who had a really strong year last year as well. Two years in a row that he's played really well. So, um, you know, they're pretty strong at linebacker. And then their secondary... The safeties are good. Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, one of the best safety in the NFL. Safeties in the NFL, um, but at the corner position, you know they lose. Um, they lose their their, be- their best young corner in free agency, and they have a lot of young guys that are going to be competing. Antonio Hamilton, um, Christian Matthew, a seventh round pick last year. Marco Wilson, entering his third year in the NFL, uh, fourth round pick a few years ago. And then they have first-round pick Isaiah Simmons, who's going to play kind of a utility position. He played some corner last year. He's played some linebacker. Um, He's been a really interesting player for them. So they have a lot of, like, interesting players, but I don't think they have any of the major, you know, edge rushers, defensive lineman, cornerback. They don't have any key players, key guys that they can build a defense around. So pretty much anywhere on the defense makes a lot of sense. I think the Cardinals are a pretty open book, as I've said now multiple times. Okay, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, The 49ers have traded away a lot of their picks, so (laughs) not much to work with here. Three third-round picks, though, all come very quick back-to-back, 99th, 101st, and 102nd at the end of the draft. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the 49ers, all all of their picks are going to be late in the third round. Not going to be able to really acquire any top-end talent. But that's what you get when you have a roster that you've traded a lot of assets away for um, to be able to get this deep of a team. So the holes that they have, though, you know, the 49ers are kind of looked at as a team that has, like, no holes. Like, absolutely no holes. And I, I kind of disagree with that. I think this team gets that vibe because they um, are coached so well and just look so fluid and a lot of people don't know the actual names of the play- of half the players on this team, unless you're a 49ers fan, of course. But half the people who tout this team don't even, don't, like I said, I don't think they even know half the players on this team. <clears throat> the offensive line is star-studded with Trent Williams. Um, and then, obviously, um, they, they, they lose Mike McGlinchey in free agency, who is also a really good tackle for them on the right side. But they didn't really replace him with anyone. They have Colton uh, McKivitz, who they drafted in the fifth round four years ago in 2020, um, who's slated to start at right tackle right now. And then they've lost a lot on the interior as well. Aaron Banks, a guy they drafted in the second round, <clears throat> he struggled, um, but, but he is going to be probably their left guard. Jake Brendel, a guy that they brought in who's played decently. And then Spencer Budf- or Burford, uh, fourth-round pick last year, who struggled a lot in his first season in the snaps that he took. Um, I think that adding on the offensive line is actually a key for the 49ers, <clears throat> especially if they're going to have Brock Purdy, somebody who's not as mobile as their, at their, as their quarterback um, heading into this year, or possible trades as there's been trade talks with Kirk Cousins being rumored to be um, somebody the 49ers could look at. You know, just I, I think the offensive line has, is really strong at, at, at parts. Um, and, and because this team, like I said, is coached so well, um, they scheme. They scheme wide receivers open so quickly that that's one of the keys to this offense. Is Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel being able to make a lot happen when there's nothing there, and, and really Kyle Shanahan putting them in positions to be able to do that. Um, I I think that offensive line though is a position that is a lot weaker all around on this offense than most people realize. Um, but the skill positions, you know, I mean, they're they're still pretty good. Pretty great to be honest there. George Kittle at tight end, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell at running back, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Juwan Jennings, a really underrated player. Um they still have Ray Ray McLeod who plays a lot in the slot. So Danny Gray has played some in their third round pick last year. Um so I mean, honestly, they still are pretty good at wide receiver. Wouldn't be surprised to see them add another wide receiver late because it's not like they're the deepest there in the third and fourth. Um, but, they, but they've got guys, so I, I, I don't really think it's a major need. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they add Javon Hargrave. They have one of the best interior defensive lines in the NFL. Between Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Kinlaw. <clears throat> Kinlaw struggled first-round pick in 2020, um, but being a rotational guy, I think that, that'll suit him uh, well this year. And, and like I said, they have depth at defensive tackle. On the edge, Nick Bosa. They bring in Cleveland Farrell this year from the Las Vegas Raiders, um, who really never you know, never came into his own as a high top five overall pick um, back in 2019. And uh, they're, they're hoping they'll be able to um, add him to this defensive line and he'll be able to have a... I, I think that that's probably a pretty good solution, but I would not be surprised at all to see them add one more edge. Um, Kerry Hyder is a guy who's played some good snaps for them. And then they did draft J, uh, Drake Jackson last year in the second round. Who played pretty well so they have some depth there but I again I wouldn't be surprised to see them at some point in the draft um add another edge to come in and compete um but you know <clears throat> besides that <laughs> secondary um another position Traverius Ward really good player um you know the safeties are really good Sean Gibson uh Hufanga came in, and, in in his second year last year had one of the best seasons breakout seasons of any uh player in the NFL but you know Demandre Lenore a guy who played good last year, but has very limited experience. Um, you know, miles Hartsford or Hartsfield. He's another guy who I think that they're expecting a lot out of this year. And I, I don't know if that's somebody that um, he, while he played, he's played well um, in limited time. I don't think that's somebody that you really want to be relying on. Um, and then they have some young players, Samuel Womack and uh, Aubrey Thomas, some draft picks from the past couple seasons, seasons um, who they've really never had major roles yet. So, I, I, again, another position. They didn't add a lot in free agency. I would not be surprised to see them <clears throat> try to add depth at those positions to um, um, get some more experience and just get some more competition as they don't have a lot of uh, veterans at those positions, and they're very, very key, obviously. So, um, Okay, I'm going to move on here now to the – let's see. Who are we doing next? Oh, the Los Angeles Rams. That's right, and then we'll finish it off with the Seahawks. So for the Rams, I'm guessing it comes as a shock to nobody that this is the team that I was um, discussing as maybe being the uh, second worst or worst, along with the Cardinals, all-around rosters in the NFL. Um, You know, just basically doing a complete teardown over last season and this season. Um, And it it starts on the offensive line. They've lost a lot of key pieces since their Super Bowl team two years ago uh, along their offensive line. And pretty much you can go up and down the offensive line. The tackles played pretty well last year, but you can pretty much go all the way up and down, and every position needs competition at the starting positions, at both the guard positions, the center position. Um, right tackle Rob Havenstein has played fantastic. He's been there long time, right tackle. And then Joe Noteboom, who played pretty well last year, taking over um, at the left tackle position. I, I think that they're probably not going to vet, invest in tackle, um, but, but at the same time... It's such an important position, I would not be surprised. Um, if this team's going to have any you know sort of chance at competing next year, it's going to be because their offense um, kind of re some of that magic. So being able to run the ball is going to be key. And the interior of the offensive line last year simply was not good enough to be able to sustain um, a running game for them with Matthew Stafford out and Baker Mayfield coming in. So with Stafford back, I think that the interior of the offensive line, if they're actually going to try to compete this year at all, is something that – they need to address early on. And as I'm saying this, again, I know I did this in past episodes. I'm realizing I forgot to say um, what draft picks they have. So before we go any further than this, (laughs) the Rams have the 36th overall pick in the second round and then two third-round picks, the 69th and the 77th. No first-round picks for the Rams um, as they're still taking a a beating, basically, (laughs) uh, for the Matthew Stafford trade that they made a couple years ago. But they won a Super Bowl, so it was worth it. Um, But anyways, yeah. So on offense, basically interior offensive line and running back are the two positions, I think, that are going to be where they're going to try to fill. You know, Cam Akers just has not, ever since his injury, he's never been able to um, stay on the field, for one. And then, two, he's never been able to really be consistent enough to be the number one running back for this team. Um, And he's heading into his fourth year now in the NFL. So I, I would not be surprised to see them draft a running back at some point in this draft. It's a really deep running back class. Not that it's the most important position for them to address right now, but just getting another guy, whether it's in the third or fourth round, again, I wouldn't be surprised. The offense is going to be, as I said, the only way this team is going to compete this year. Wide receiver, they're still pretty good. They drafted Tutu Atwell two years ago, still kind of waiting for him to pop, and I think he's going to have a chance this year. But, you know, Ben Skrwanek's played pretty good, and then they still have Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson as their top two receivers. Um, You know, it's... I think Van Jefferson is a lot better receiver than most people think. Um, he's heading into his fourth year, though, and he's really never broke out, but this is going to be his year, obviously, to earn some money um, as he's going to get every opportunity to be a, um, a one of the top two receivers for Stafford this year in this offense. And then Higby at tight end, still a really good player. Bryce Hopkins played pretty good for them last year, um, so they're still pretty good there as well. On the defensive side of the ball, it's a different story. Yeah, got Aaron Donald. That's about it. <laughs> Um, all, all the other defensive line positions just they've lost everybody that 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 was a key piece of their of their Super Bowl team um, and the defense that was so important to their their run. Um, the linebacker position, um, losing Bobby Wagner, Ernest Jones now becomes basically their best uh, linebacker, a third round pick in 2021 who has played all right. Um, but yeah, they have no edge rushers to speak of that I, I would feel comfortable starting um on their on uh, going into the season so edge rusher i think that's a major position i would not be surprised to see them with that first pick uh with their first pick in the second round um try to attack and try to identify an edge rusher and then the cornerback position you know they trade away jalen ramsey um they really don't have much they have uh kendrick who they drafted in the sixth round last year uh robert rochelle who they drafted in the fourth round in 21 and then a uh, fourth-round pick last year, Kobe Dur, uh, Kobe Durant. Well, Kobe Durant. I mean, he played pretty well last year, but at the same time, just a lot of young players. Um, Safety is Jordan Fuller, good player. Uh, Russ Yeast, seventh-round pick last year. The other slated starter, and then they have Richard LeCount, um, the third who's supposed to uh, compete with them. So, you know, just <laughs> not very much talent. As I said on defense, I could see them pretty much going anywhere. Um, but I think edge rusher and defensive line is probably. Um, where they would focus uh, to begin. And I, I think that's probably their most likely um, top pick is going to be uh, either edge, rush or de- edge rusher or defensive line. Um, like, like I said, I mean, offensive line makes a lot of sense too, but that's really only important if you're going to be trying to compete this year, which I just don't see a way that this team is going to be much uh, competition this year. Um, but yeah, anyways, Rams, it's a rebuilding year for sure. Try to save up their draft picks, maybe acquire some more draft picks for next year's draft where they can really start to completely rebuild this thing and and start to compete again. Okay, Um, we will then turn it over to our last team in the NFC West, which is the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks maybe one of the most underrated teams in the NFL. Um, The Seahawks have the fifth overall pick in the draft, the 20th overall pick, two first-round picks. Two second-round picks with the 37th and the 52nd, and then a third-round pick at 83. 80, 83. Um, the Seahawks have a really good team. They, they've they've done a really good job the last couple seasons, um, kind of retooling and rebuilding this thing. Especially last year. I mean, last year was a great draft for them. Um, you know, bringing Tariq Woolen on the defensive side, who had a really really good year. Um, some other key pieces on the defensive line. They, they just had a really really good draft um as especially you know assuming that these players uh take another leap here in year two um but we'll, we'll start on the offensive side and again it seems like a lot of these teams and and it really is the nfl these days um offensive line is is their weakest position um especially on the interior um phil haynes a guy they drafted in 2019 ever since he's basically become the starting guard for them has struggled quite a bit. The center position, they've struggled at a lot, too. They bring in Evan Brown, who comes over from um, the Detroit Lions, and uh, they're expecting him to compete at center. But both those two positions, I, I think that they're going to try to address in this draft. Um, Damian Lewis, their other guard, who they drafted in uh, 2020, um, a third-round pick, and he's played pretty well, but another another guy who's been kind of inconsistent. Charles Cross, our left tackle, first-round pick last year. Um, you know, he... He had his moments last year. He was an overall good player, though. I think they have high hopes for him. And then Abraham Lucas, or Lucas, who they drafted in the third round last year, had a really good year at right tackle. So um, the offensive line, like I said, overall, interior, that that's going to be a position I think that they're going to try to address in the draft. Um, the wide receivers, obviously still pretty good. DK Metcalf gets a big contract. Tyler Lockett sticks around. Um, not much of a change there. D. Eskridge still waiting for him to take a leap. I think that they're going to give him... Uh, more of a chance this year as they uh, let some guys go at the wide receiver position and he's going to step into that slot receiver role and they're going to really be able to see what he can do um, and then running back position you know Kenneth Walker DJ Dallas wouldn't be surprised to see him add someone late but not anybody they're not, they're not going to address uh, they're not going to address um, a, a running back that's going to come in and give them you know maybe 50 carries this year early on in the draft, so Kenneth, Kenneth Walker's the guy there, and then at the quarterback position, this is where it's interesting. Geno Smith, big contract. Everybody talked about it, um, but like we talked about earlier in the in the podcast when that kind of all went down, it's basically a one-year deal in guarantees. They're not locked into Geno Smith. Geno's going to be the guy this year, no doubt, no doubt about that. Um, but at the same time, they have the fifth overall pick and the 20th overall pick. There's been a lot of rumors that they like Will Levis. There's been some rumors that they like Anthony Richardson, and there's also a chance right now at five, at fifth overall um, that CJ Stroud drops to them with all the late the latest rumors and stuff going around that a lot of teams are just not as interested in Stroud as um, we may have thought, or since that the the test um, that he took and he scored really low on came out that apparently a lot of general managers are are very you know they 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 use it a lot they they think highly of the test. Um, <laughs> there, there's, there's a really good shot that the, the Seahawks, it's sounding like at this point that the Seahawks are going to have a shot at CJ Stroud. If he falls to them, it's probably, I, I don't understand how it wouldn't be hard for them, how it would be easy for them to pass him up. I understand they like Jalen Carter a lot. He, they, he's been rumored to them, to them a lot. Um, that makes a lot of sense too, but I, I just, I, the 20th overall pick, they've been rumored also to have some interest in Hendon Hooker. Like... There, there are so many routes that they could end up with a quarterback or having the chance at a quarterback that you just cannot count it out. So another just something to watch. I think the Seahawks are going to be a really um, super interesting team heading into the draft, and we do have some bets related to that topic that we're going to give out here at the end of the show. Um, okay, let's move on to the defense, though. Defensive line, um, they bring in Draymond Jones from the Broncos. Fantastic signing. I said one of my favorite signings in all free agency. I think they got a really good deal, and he's a really good player. They still have Jaron Reed, who's a good player for them, um, and then Brian Moan, who's going to be their nose tackle This at this point. I think that's a position they are going to try to address, and I think that's why they have a ton of interest, I mean, along with him just being an insane talent, um, uh, in Jalen Carter at that fifth overall pick. So nose tackle, definitely a position I could see them address. Edge rusher, they're pretty good. They've got Boyamafe, who played really good in his first season, second overall pick, or second round pick, I'm sorry, last year. And then Daryl Taylor, who has played some snaps for them. He's been kind of inconsistent, but he he, he had a spark at the end of last season, so I think they're going to obviously be utilizing him a lot too. And then Uche Nwosu, who they got from the Chargers last year, came in and played fantastic for them last year. Um, Linebacker, they bring back Bobby Wagner. Jordan Brooks has turned himself into a really good player, and then they acquired Devin Bush. Uh, former first-round pick for the Steelers in free agency, so they're pretty deep along the front seven. I think nose tackle is the only major pressing need. Um, that being said, an edge rusher would not surprise me again. Uh, when the Seahawks were at their best, they had a va- like a wide variety of edge rushers that they would rotate in and out. So I, you know, it's something Pete Carroll obviously values a lot, and it makes a lot of sense. It's a super important position. Would not be surprised if that is a position, even though it's not a major need that they address um, with one of those early picks as well. And then the secondary. A lot of young players. Um, Tariq Woolen, we talked about. Fantastic rookie season. Um, played, played really good. Julian Love they bring over from the Giants. A good nickel corner. Um, and then they have some other young players. Trey Brown, Mike Jackson, Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I, still... They they need more starters in the secondary. They have some good young players who they are expecting to take leaps forward next year, um, but but they need more. They they need another corner for sure. Um, and I, I think you know early first, late second round sounds like or late first, or early second round sounds like there's a lot of really good corners that are supposed to um, kind of most likely be there in the second round early on. So again, I think that's something they're going to be eyeing with with that pick. It makes a lot more sense to me. Um, with the the roster that they have to go corner in the second round then edge rusher, uh, at least with their first second second round picks. So um, that's another position I could see them addressing. And then Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams at safety, um, obviously pretty fantastic there. Okay, that rounds out the NFC West. We're going to go over a couple bets. I think I only have a couple bets for the NFC West. Um, So let me take a look here and just make sure what I have written down that I'm placing yes I do I have one okay I only have one bet for the NFC West okay so this is not this is not a bet I would put a lot of money on for sure like I never really do like I told you guys I've I've talked about that before never advocate for that never talk about doing that but this is one I would definitely temper yourself with um the market for Jalen Carter so at certain books you can you can bet um you know Distinct players on where they're going to be drafted, and there's markets for them. Um, and Jalen Carter is one of those players. I think it's, I think it's a fun market because there's been, you know, rumors that Carter could go all the way from, you know, third overall down to his range is kind of like ten. I've never, really, I haven't really heard anyone say he could fall to fifteen, but probably around ten. So there's a lot of different teams there that are going to have a chance at him that we don't know if they're going to pass or not. Um, a lot of teams, as I've talked about, need defensive tackles, and Jalen Carter is a fantastic talent. Um, some major, you know, uh, scouts and media personalities that are former scouts have said that Jalen Carter is better than guys, already better than guys um, um, such as Quinnen Williams for the New York Jets, um, and, uh, and and a couple other, you know, really good defensive tackles in the NFL. I can't remember their names right now that they that they said, but. <laughs> Um anyways, super easy plug and play guy. So the 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 market for Jalen Carter right now at the book that I'm looking at, the Bears are the favorite at +275. The C the, by the way, they have um currently the ten, yeah, the 10th overall pick or 9th overall pick, I'm sorry. Um the Seahawks ha- are second at +400. The Eagles tied with them also at plus four hundred. The Lions at plus four twenty five. Lions are sixth overall, Eagles are tenth overall. Uh Seahawks are fifth. There has been a lot of rumblings that the Seahawks are not going to let Jalen Carter slip by him, uh them if if he falls to them at five. I I think that plus four hundred implies that basically there is a twenty percent chance um that, that the Seahawks are gonna draft Jalen Carter. If, if you ask me with how many quarterbacks and how, how much, the, and if you look at the teams that are at the top of this draft, and you also have Will Anderson, how many quarterbacks and how many aggressive teams are trying to find a quarterback right now, there has to be a higher than 20% chance that Jalen Carter is drafted by the Seahawks. And what I really don't understand is why the Bears are the favorite in this market. I mean, I understand that they have a need, they have needs everywhere, and they're going to take the best player available. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really think that it's, you know, <laughs> what is it? I math right now quickly is hard, but thirty-three thirty-five percent chance that Jalen Carter falls to tenth or to ninth overall. I mean I mean, like like I said, the Seahawks, it's a major need, fills a key role in their defense. Um and they've there's been plenty of rumblings and rumors that the Seahawks are not letting Jalen Carter slip past them if he gets to them. I just don't understand how they're not the favorite in this market. I think this is bettable. I think this is a value play because of that. Um, And I think the implied odds are just way, way different than what it actually is. So from every piece of information that I've understood and heard, I I, I don't understand how the Seahawks should not be the favorite in this market. I I mean, yeah, The, the only team that I could see... Based on where the draft draft positioning is and everything, the only team that I could see um, having a chance at, at really being like an underdog, and maybe this is a bet that you should be thinking about as well, is if the Arizona Cardinals trade from third overall to fourth overall. If the, if the Colts move up to third um, to draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or whoever it is, um, if they move up to third and, and the Cardinals only move back one slot, I could definitely see the Cardinals drafting Jalen Carter. Uh, the Cardinals in this market right now, just to give you a heads up, they are 15 to 1. So, that I mean, that's another one, you know, I don't know how, how you guys like to bet. I like to do this if I feel like I, I have a path that has two kind of valuable bets in the same market. I like to bet, let's say, let's say I'll bet one unit on the Seahawks here at plus 400, so it'll be to win four units, and then I'll put a half unit on the Cardinals at 15 to 1. So I'll win seven and a half units if that hits. So either way, basically, I'm laying a unit and a half <clears throat> to win four units or seven and a half units. Um, so either way, I'm going to have a profit, you know, of, of at, at least uh, three and a half units. So, you know, if I feel like I have um, information that makes it valuable, I'll do that sometimes. So that, that's something that I would advise in this market. Um, I, I think that those are the most realistic paths for Jalen Carter. I, I mean, I think that it's at least a 50% chance, at least a 50% chance that the Seahawks or the Cardinals, that Jalen Carter's gone by five. So basically the Seahawks or the Cardinals draft Jalen Carter. Um, The odds that I just gave you imply way less of a chance that that happens. So um, that's something to think about. That's something that I like. That's the only bet that I really had in the NFC West. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of nonstop BS. Um, Make sure you guys tune in. I'm going to be dropping the NFC East episode here. And this it's going to come the same time as the NFC West one. So it's already out basically when you're listening to this. Um, So, yeah, make sure you listen to that, and then we'll have two more episodes, the NFC North and the NFC um, South, that'll be coming out uh, tomorrow for you guys. Tomorrow or Wednesday morning, one or the other, or maybe both. Maybe I'll have one, one, one day and then another the other day. I don't know. But either way, by Wednesday, you'll have both those two episodes as well. Um, all right, thank you guys for listening. Tune into the NFC East one. It's a lot of fun as well, going over those teams. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening again. We will talk to you soon. See you. felt like we had a really successful episode and you know we're not really about the sorries like any of the catch-ups like where i was what i was doing you know what we did it we moved on and